Hey, Mom and Dad, how are you? We're good, thank you. Good. Wonderful. Um, it is Flag Day today, uh, June 14th, on the year 2019. We are sitting together in this lovely uh, pre-summer evening talking about the seven deadly sins, pag legs, pride, anger, greed, lust, envy, gluttony, and sloth. Tell me what your thoughts are about those. About pag legs. Okay. Well, I love pag legs. Uh, You know, today I was, the uh, exercise guy was here for the hospice. And uh, for those, I just quickly remind you that I'm stage four COPD and uh, 77. So I'm at home hospice here and they uh, count the days till you die, basically. And uh, they were a little upset that I was doing so well as far as health went. uh, But it doesn't mean that I'm uh, void of what we call the seven deadly sins. And over my 77 years, as well as everyone else's life, I had to learn what they were. And if you're a a student of your own self-image, and your own self-propulsion through life, it might become important that you find a quick way to analyze the seven deadly sins and how to counteract them if they infect you. And there's a lot of little things in life where they infect you. Pride, anger, greed, lust, envy, gluttony, sloth. They, They all have an impact on us. But what if those impacts go uh, unattended? What if your pride gets so uh, overwhelming that you are unable to step out of that shell and instead of uh, gathering around you uh, love and admiration and respect, you get a lot of resentment and hatred and anger because you are better than anyone else out there. The same might go with greed. What if your greed gets so great that you uh, are taking away from people instead of giving back to them? And how do you how do you check yourself at the gate of the seven deadly sins? Well, the first thing to do is to uh, I'll give you some counterpoints to them. Okay, and then as I give you these counterpoints, you you can make your own counterpoint up. First of all, pride. Uh, the way we do that with our, if you listen to our stop thought tape, the way you handle a pride or any thought is that you go to its opposite. What's the opposite thought? And that's the way you can counterbalance uh, a thought. And you can turn a bad thought into a good thought, or you can change a good thought into a bad thought. We oftentimes do that by error. The way we catch ourselves is we say stop thought, stop. And when we say stop, we're saying, hey, let's let's look at the opposite. So if I'm in a prideful situation where uh, I want to be better than and I want to be, you know, the number one and my pride is is really, really raising its its head up above everybody else's, uh, then what what can I do to, to counteract that? Well, what's the opposite of pride? Saber, what is the opposite of pride? So. Well, 
Um, we were talking about humility, possibly being the being grounded. So humility is one of the many things, but you can ask yourself too. Uh, what is the best counterbalance for you to pride? Is it humility? Is it stepping back and saying, "Hey, maybe I'm, maybe I should read the word, the poem "If" by Rudyard Kipling, or maybe I should should take a second look at at, at how I am more like people than better than they or less than they? Okay. Now the second deadly sin is anger, rage. I get mad. I fist clench. All I can do is seek revenge, you know, against somebody. So what is uh, a good opposite for anger in, 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 in your particular situation? Sabre, what do you suggest for that? Um, maybe letting go, letting go, acceptance. So how about letting go or acceptance? You know, is, if that's, so you're really angry at somebody, you say, wait a minute, what, what can I do to get rid of this feeling. And uh, I had a, a mentor who told me, you go up to your enemy, even though you hate their guts, even though you can't stand them, and you shake their hand and you say, I'm so happy to see you, or I'm so glad you're in my life. And he said, look, he said, it's not important that you actually feel that way when you do it. What's important is that one day your intentions might catch up with your actions. And what he was saying is that if you want to get rid of your anger, you convert the energy of disliking someone or something into an energy of proactive pretending to care for someone. And one day that might happen. It might happen. But you're neutralizing this anger because this anger is just going to eat you up. The next one is greed. You got an opposite for greed? Um, greed would be maybe generosity. So if I'm greedy, I'm trying to take something from somebody. You know, I, I, I greed might be, I want more than my fair share. What is my fair share? Well, <laughs> you know, if I'm a capitalist, it's everything, right? I want to take everything. I want it all. You know, if I'm... Uh, uh, a person that wants to spread the wealth, and everyone gets their fair share. There's somewhere in between there, and that and that is generosity. That might mean that I work hard, and instead of being able to take things, I earn them. In other words, if I if I'm greedy, I'm getting something that I haven't worked for. If I'm uh, if I'm saying I I want that. Okay, if I want that, I got to work for that. I got to do this. I can get that. But if I just want that because somebody else has it, uh, that's running into the seven deadly sin. So generosity. Now, generosity means you work harder and smarter, and you can get what you're looking for. All right. The next one is lust. L-U-S-T. Lust. Now we think of that uh, at first hand by a sexual connotation to it, but lust can mean a salivating desire to have something that you don't have, and you're willing to uh, basically drool over it 
at a point where you go, oh, I lust, I lust. In other words, I, I'm emotionally transfixed to it. And what's a good opposite of lust? I'm thinking maybe respect. Um, yeah, respect. So, Saber's suggestion is respect. Now, you can have your own for lust, but but if you respect someone or something instead of lusting it, say, I've got to have that no matter what. I, I would kill for that. You know, in other words, that's, that's kind of the lust. But generosity means, what can I give to get? What can I, what can I do to acquire that? You know, and, and by doing that, I can counterbalance that feeling of lust. Let's say it's, it's pure sexual. You see this attractive man or woman, and you go, wow. And all of a sudden, you're, you're just full of lust. You can step back and say, hey, wait a minute. There's a God's kid inside that person. And instead of seeing all of that, that, that sexual emanation, you see God's kid. And you balance that lust. And you feel a little bit more comfortable. Okay, you make your own decisions on that one. Okay, the next one is envy. And envy, oh. I think that's probably my my worst one. I'm standing on a corner and here comes a person driving a Rolls Royce and I'm looking at them saying, oh, I wish I had that Rolls Royce. How did that person get that? That's got to be a drug dealer in there. you know. So I, I'm envious of things that I don't have. I'm envious of the fact that people are uh, maybe above me. I can be envious of people below me too. I could say, boy, I'm sure glad I'm not that person down there. That's envy too of a negative kind. But the, uh, and the way to get uh, counterbalance envy is through what, Saber? I think there are a couple of things that come to mind. Uh, an acceptance and, um, or maybe a support of the other person somehow. And also enthusiasm. I'm enthusiastically wishing or, or, or enthusiastically supportive of this person, whomever and whatever station they have in life. In other words, my envy is counterbalanced by my, my supportiveness or my enthusiasm for them rather than my desire to have what they have uh, because I deserve it more than they do. And then the last one is not second the second to last one. No, the second uh, to last one. Uh, gluttony. Is gluttony, gluttony, gluttony. Oh yeah, that's that's more and more. Yeah, more and more, <laughs> more and more. Is there any more ice cream? More gruel. Uh, gluttony is where we we overdo, uh, especially in drugs or alcohol or two of the more common areas. But the the other part of gluttony is where we can't get enough of, of something that's not necessarily good for us. We, we don't need that much. could be as simple as eating too much, as much as it could be talking too much. You, you'll notice the glutton at a party, he or she's the one that's doing all the talking and not the listening. Uh, gluttony is also a phase in people's life where uh, they are consumed by 
the thing that they're doing at the expense of other things. For example, uh, the gluttonous person might be the one that's working so hard to uh, support their children, but they never see their children. Their children grow up basically abandoned to the, to the person at work. There's, no, there's not a balance there. So what is the counterbalance to gluttony, say? I'm thinking moderation. Yeah, if, you, if you're looking at gluttony, you might think moderation. How do I counterbalance? I need to moderate this. How can I balance all this effort? And you could do it like a scale. Put a scale on one side of the gluttony and another scale on the other side of your moderation. What do you need to do to balance that out so that gluttony doesn't have the upper hand? And then the last one is sloth. Sloth. That's the S in pag legs. Now, sloth is basically the art of doing nothing, in a sense. That's where we might binge watch life go by. All we can see is all the things we should have done, we wish we'd done, we'd hope we'd done. In other words, we're just consuming all of the waste of life. We're chewing the cud of life. We're not we're not doing anything except regrets. You, you know, the death of a salesman is a good example of that. And many other examples in life are where people only talk about uh, what they could have done or should have done or wish they'd done or think about that. And that's basically sloth. It's, it's the laziness of, of the person. The way to counter that is what, Sabra? I'm thinking right action. Yeah, actions. So uh, to counterbalance sloth, we need to take some action. We need to do some steps. Now, uh, you can't overcome sloth with one great big job moving forward. You take a little step here and a little step there, you start moving forward. Your sloth will slowly move away, and in place of it, you'll have productivity. You'll move towards a certain goal, and sloth will slowly reduce itself. Now, in summary, if you write out a piece of paper, PAG legs, P-A-G-L-E-G-S, and you write down the seven deadly sins, pride, anger, greed, lust, envy, gluttony, and sloth, and then to the right of that, you make up a series of words, antonyms to that, that have meaning for you to counterbalance the seven deadly sins. Then, the next time you're in one of those modes, you stop and think about, you say stop thought, you think about the counterbalance to that particular feeling. And now you've got a system, a mental system, that allows you to be able to correct and move forward from a pile that's called the seven deadly sins that have been in existence since the beginning of humanity. And it's not ever going to go away. We're going to have to deal with it the rest of our lives. The other point is that you can teach it to your children. And, you know, you want your kids to be armed with how to deal with these fundamental, rudimentary feelings in their in their life. And this gives them a tool with which to do that. Now, the key here is you make your own words up on the on the counteracting side. Well, with that, I want to thank you all for listening to. Uh, our pag legs moment, and I'll return you to Sabre. If you enjoyed this uh, 1440 program, uh, 
please pass it along. Of course, you can also uh, send your gratitude uh, by way of Cliff and Lori McKenzie uh, to 53 East 9th Street, East 7th Street, Apartment 910003. Thank you. New York, New York. New York, New York. I have to learn how to say an address correctly. Okay. All right. (laughs) Bye. Bye.